a moment of power. It's time for a Moment of Power podcast with Pastor Johnny Henderson, being brought to you by the Little Zion Missionary Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. Uh, Genesis chapter 39, we'll go verses 1 through 6, then we'll skip down to verse 19 through 23. Amen. Uh, should be on the screen, Genesis chapter 1, the NIV, it says, Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, brought him from the Israelites who had taken him there. Verse 2, the Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered, and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord had gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor. Let the church say favor. Favor. Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of of his household, and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. Verse 5. From that time, from the time he put him in charge of his household and all of and of all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. Uh, six, so Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Uh, let's go down to verse 19, if you will. It says, When his master heard the story, his wife told him, saying, This is how your slave treated me. He burned with anger. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. But but while Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him. There it is right there. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison, and he he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. I want to use this as a subject just for a few minutes this morning with this thought in our mind. This is not what I asked for. All right. This is not what I asked for. Would you pray with me? Pray for me. Heavenly Father, we come once again to say thank you. Thank you for our time together this morning. We thank you, God, for the worship experience this far, so far this morning. God, as we come down to the preaching, the preaching moment, I pray, God, that you would be glorified even in this. I pray, God, that you would use me for your own pleasure this morning. I pray for a fresh anointing to preach your word. Anoint me from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. God, I need you to uh, give me your preaching power one more time today. So, so that I might declare your word faithfully and boldly. Help me to articulate what you have given me to share. Uh, give me clarity of thought. God, speak to me however you see fit. May the people see all of you and none of me. May they hear all of you and none of me. And when it's all said and done, may, may we all be edified and may you be glorified. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You may be seated. This is not what I asked for. You ever said that before? This is not... What I asked for. Faithfulness, God's faithfulness. Uh, Samuel Saldivar says this about God's faithfulness. He says, The faithfulness of God means God is unchanging in his nature, true to his word, has promised salvation to his people, and will keep his promises forever. He says, He is worthy of eternal trust. Watch this, no matter how unlikely 
his promises may seem. Goes on to say, nothing in heaven or on earth can prevent God from accomplishing all that he has promised his people through Jesus Christ. He finishes up this quote, this reliability of God. I like that, reliability. This reliability of God should be a great source of comfort and strength for God's people as they repeatedly fail and go through trials and suffering. I want to say that one more time. This reliability of God, he's a reliable God, isn't he? Should be, for us, a great source of comfort and strength for God's people as they, watch this, repeatedly fail and go through trials and suffering. Use that word, repeatedly. We're always going through something. I like my daddy, he always says, if it ain't one thing, it's another. Brother Salafar used that word, as they repeatedly fail and go through. Anybody going through right now? Go through trials and suffering. Joseph, who we're looking at this morning, he, he's a very interesting and pivotal figure in the Bible. And in our context, Joseph, he, 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 he's dealing with now a major, I'll call it a major episode of betrayal right here in Genesis. Uh, betrayal. Anybody know anything about betrayal? Uh, betrayal is a hard pill to swallow. Betrayal is a, a, watch this, gross violation of trust. And if we're honest about it, it, it can be one of the most dev devastating things we'll ever go through. Uh, when we go through betrayal, it is often magnified by a sense of vulnerability and exposure. Uh, the pain of betrayal, one writer says, is worse than physical violence. It, it's worse than deceit or prejudice. It, it's, listen to this. It's worse than physical violence. Uh, You've ever been hit upside the head with a rock or anything? If you've ever dealt with any any kind of physical violence, the writer suggests that that doesn't even compare to betrayal, because betrayal destroys the foundation of trust. Uh, Jesus Jesus even dealt with it. We preach we preach about Jesus' betrayal every every uh, Holy Week, every Passion Week. On that that Wednesday of Passion Week, we, we always got to highlight Judas. Jesus, he, he dealt with it. Jesus was betrayed over 30 pieces of silver. I preached about Judas one time. I said, Judas did something strange for some change. And people will betray you over the smallest thing. But what we notice about Jesus, he, he didn't become vindictive. He didn't become bitter or angry. He knew it was going to happen. When, when we read the uh, sacramental first Sunday, when we Get ready to break bread, do communion. We read that very scripture. Jesus says, one of you will betray me. Yes. He that dipped his hand in the cup with yes. Yes. will betray me. Jesus said, Master, is it I? It was on Judas's heart. But Joseph, he, he, he deals with betrayal. He's here dealing with betrayal. Uh, he's one of the many sons of Israel who used to be called Jacob. Israel fathered Joseph in his old age and was father of Joseph than of his brothers. This in return created deep jealousy and hatred in the brothers toward Joseph. Uh, betrayal is rooted in jealousy and hatred. Genesis chapter 37, Joseph 
he, he, he displays a little bit of arrogance. Now, Joseph, ain't, he, ain't all, he ain't always been all the way there, right? He, 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 Genesis 37, he, he shows a little arrogance and immaturity with his brothers. By snitching on his brothers, he gave his father bad reports about their poor shepherding skills in Genesis chapter 37, verse 2. Not only that, Joseph was a dreamer. Uh, Joseph would, uh, he would, he would flaunt, I'm going to say he would flaunt his prophetic dreams over his brothers. You ever had somebody just, uh, just flaunt something at you? So one day, one day his, his uh, father Israel sends Joseph to check on his brothers who were all tending the family flocks. Uh, when the brothers see him coming, the scripture tells us that they say, here comes that dreamer. Come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of the cisterns and say a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. They're jealous of him now. He has favor with his father. He's, he's got a calling on his life. They become, he, 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 he flaunts his prophetic dreams over them like he's trying to one-up them. And they become bitter and jealous. And as it goes on, one of the brothers named Reuben convinces them not to kill Joseph. So they throw him into this cistern. And some hours later, uh, they, they decided to sell Joseph to a caravan of Ishmaelites that were heading to Egypt. His father had gave him, him, given him a nice robe, a multicolored, multicolored robe, and they took that robe and they tore it to pieces. They dipped it in ghost blood and they tried to show it to their father, tried to convince him that uh, Joseph had got killed by a wild animal. But all the time they had sold their brother to the Israelites. And then the Israelites sold Joseph to Potiphar, one of Pharaoh's right hand men. And here's where we're going. Joseph finds himself due to the bitterness and betrayal of his brothers. He finds himself in the wrong place. The question, the question for us today, the relevant question for the text today is what do we do when everything goes wrong? Where, where do I turn when I find myself in an unlikely or an unplanned situation? Let's, let's be honest, we don't always, our lives don't always go as planned. I never planned to be in the pulpit, but this is what God has me. I'm not going to call it the wrong place. This is the right place, but it was never part of my plan. But the question we got to deal with today what happens when we find ourselves in the wrong place? Yeah. The text is suggesting this morning that there will come some times in life that the going will get tough. Yeah. Am I, am I, can I get a witness this morning? Yeah. The, the, the going will get tough. Yeah. Uh, and it may come by way of people taking evil actions against us. All of us experience hardships, trials, betrayals, and we, figure, uh, we, we experience fear storms in life. I said it Friday night. We got all kind of names for everything we go through. Uh, we call it the wilderness season. We call it uh, storms. We call it struggles. Uh, we call it, uh, I, ain't, I ain't doing okay right now. We got all kind of names for everything we go through. But the question the text raises this morning, who do we turn to? Well, the answer is we got to turn to God. We got to turn to God. Uh, they're going to be Jesus. Jesus stated we will have trouble in the world. John 16, 33. Jesus clearly states we will have trouble in the world. There's no getting around it. So I don't want to, I don't want to come in here every Sunday preaching to you. Everything is going to be like a bowl of vanilla ice cream. 
I preach the way I preach so we can be built up in the faith. Built up in the faith. Now, no matter how old, young we are, how, how old we are, some, 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 everything's not going to go right. So the text raises the question, what do we do? Here's the first thing we see in the text. Uh, there's going to be some days when the heat gets turned up a little bit hot in the kitchen. Here's the first thing we got to do. Very simple principle. Trust God's presence and faithfulness. Very simple principle. Trust God's presence and faithfulness. We saw that with Jehoshaphat over in 2 Chronicles. We see it again here. When everything goes wrong or doesn't work out as planned, God's presence and faithfulness must be trusted. Now, now, let me add this caveat. Don't just trust God when it gets bad. You got to trust him all the time. Amen. You can't be seasonal with God. You got to be consistent. Consistency. His presence and his faithfulness must be trusted. Verse 2, the Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master when his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did. Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. Verse 5 goes on to say from the time he put him in charge of his household and of all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had both in the house and in the field. It appears that Joseph's life was out of control. His life was actually being, his life was out of control, but at the same time, it's being controlled by God. It's hard to make sense out of that. Uh, I'm spiraling out of control, yet God is still in control. Here he is, he finds himself in slavery, yet God is in control. How do you make sense of that? And that's something we deal with all the time as Christians. We always we preach suffering. We preach uh, sustaining ourselves through suffering. But the reality is, how do you make sense of it? When we say God is in control, it's, it's got to be more than a cliche. It's got to be more than a cliche. It's got to be deep down in your heart that you really know God is faithful and that you're going to trust him even in your worst situation. It's not to make light of what you're going through. It's not to make light of uh, where you're falling short at. It's simply a declaration that you know you really, really know that God is faithful and you're going to trust him even when it's at rock bottom. Joseph, he had a calling on his life and he was being protected by the Lord even in this worst situation. Pastor, that still doesn't make sense. God gave him success Right in his very own worst situation. Doesn't appear to be bitter. There's no hint that Joseph was angry. I'm sure he felt some kind of way. We all would. You and I have the, but the reality is Joseph, and you and I have the same presence of God that Joseph enjoyed. This, this promise that God says he would never leave us nor forsake us. That's more, that's more than words on paper. That's something you can take over to the bank right over here at Navyville. Take it to the bank. have the promise that all things Paul says in Romans 8.28, all things work together for our good. And when it doesn't make sense, it doesn't change the fact that God is not in control. It doesn't make sense, it doesn't feel good, 
But we have, to, we have to understand that God is still in control. Are you hearing me this morning? But what I like about this text, y'all, God's presence and faithfulness means we have access to his favor. God will prosper you and bless you even in unlikely situations. The text says, Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered. His brothers turned on him, his own flesh and blood. Goes back, goes to show you, even your own family, some people will write you off, they'll throw, they'll throw you away, never to be seen again. But all the while, God will bless you anyhow. He, he, he will favor you and prosper you. Somebody may have said you wouldn't make it, but God is still with you. You're still doing all right. When I look out at you, you look like you're still doing all right. Some of you sitting here by yourself. You're doing all right. You came to church by yourself. You go back home by yourself. But God still got you. You're in the right place because God still has you this morning. His own brothers schemed to kill him. They tossed him in this well, the cistern. They sold him into slavery. The question becomes, what does it mean to have the favor of God? It simply means God is with you. You've been approved by God. You, as I said earlier, you are a beneficiary of God's faithfulness. Amen. You are a recipient of the of the uh, numerous blessings of God. You see it all in the Bible. Uh, Abraham received favor from God when he was in some tight situations. Noah and Moses, they all received favor and honor from God. God told Moses, I know you by name and you have found favor with me. Look at that. God knows you by name. He knows your name is Sister Renee. He knows your name is Sister James. He knows your name is Sister Pender, Brother Kenny. God knows you by name and you have found favor with him. Those three Hebrew boys in that fiery furnace, they, they had the favor of God on that life, on their lives. Daniel in the lion's den. It was yes. nothing but the grace and the favor of God. Yes. Uh, the angel Gabriel told Mary she had found favor with God. Yes. She was going to give birth to Jesus. Yes. I've said it before. I want to remind us again. Uh, it's not about prosperity though. The favor of God. We can't always base it on cash, cars, and cribs. When we go wrong, we have too many people they only see God when it's concerning cash, cars, and creatures. We got to get beyond this immature thinking that God is just about material things. I'm not against material things. Material, material things, they have their place. But God is not limited to material things. Let me put it to you this way. Fact that he woke you up this morning. That's the favor of God. Uh, we say he woke me up this morning and started me on my way. That, that's the favor of God. The fact that that woman still loves me, that's the favor of God. Amen. She, she still loves me, that's the favor of God. Uh, let me put it to you this way. I, I, need, I don't know about you, but I need God's favor over some situations in my life that don't really have anything to do with cash, cars, and cribs. Let me come down your road. Let me come down your road. You got a good doctor's report. That's the favor of God. Uh, your, your kids are doing all right. That's the favor of God. Uh, 
Here it is. I need, I need God's favor when the going gets tough. Not when it's good, but not just when it's good, but when it also gets turned uh, going tough. When the when the heat gets turned up in the kitchen, that's when we all need the favor of God. Amen. When the rubber meets the road, we all need the favor of God. Amen. When it feels like the walls are closing in, that's when we need the favor of God. When it feels like the burdens are too hard to bear. That's when we need the favor of God. That's why Jesus says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. But here's what I love about this text. Joseph, y'all, God, even though he's in a bad situation, here's what I love about it. God fixed the situation to accommodate Joseph. He fixed it where it would accommodate Joseph. That's just how God works. He's set up by his brothers. He's now in a, he's in a wrong place. He's in a disadvantage. He's been, he's been shipped down to Egypt. He's now hanging down there with Pharaoh and his people. But God is still with him. It says in verse 5, The Lord blessed the household of the Egyptians because of Joseph. That's, that's, that's heavy right there. Some of you are in some places you don't want to be, but you're still thriving. So number one, we got to be, we got to trust God's presence and faithfulness at all times. Amen. But the second thing, second thing the text teaches us, this is a good one. We must walk in discipline and discernment. We gotta walk in discipline and discernment. Y'all know we just wrapped up nine weeks studying the fruits of the spirit. And those fruits of the spirit, it is it, we call it tangible evidence. Those fruits of the spirit, they're 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 there for a reason. They are they are they are helping us by the help of the Holy Spirit walk in discipline and discernment. We got to walk in discipline and discernment, especially in those difficult times in our lives. And the reason you must walk with discipline and discernment is because your integrity is on the line. Yes. I want to suggest to you, I say this because when you're in your worst moments, that's when the enemy will really try to trick you and trap you. Are oh, you hearing me? Yeah. Even when your worst moments, he, the devil's after you all the time. Yeah. But in your worst moments, that's when he turns it up a notch. He's going to try to trick you and trap you. Notice in the text, we didn't read it earlier, but Potiphar's wife tries to trip him up. It says in verse 7, and verse 7 highlights how good Joseph looked. He was a handsome man. He was a good looker. Verse 7 says, and after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph. It's going to get rated all right here and said, Come to bed with me. Well, watch this verse 8. But he refused. That's discipline. But Joseph refused in verse 8. He said, with me in charge, he told her, My master does not concern himself with anything in his house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my, to my care. He rejected her, but she goes on to lie on him. It says in verse 17, then she told him this story, that Hebrew slave you bought us came to me to make a sport of me. 
But as soon as I screamed for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. When his master heard the story, his wife told him, saying, this is how your slave treated me. He burned with anger. She set him up, y'all. Verse 20, Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. We always talk about overcoming temptation. We talk about walking in the spirit as opposed to the flesh. We talk about, again, the fruits of the spirit in Galatians uh, chapter 5. I'm here to tell you that those are necessary conversations to have. But the truth of the matter is the devil is always busy. The devil always has a trick or a trap for you. Reverend Carter said it last week. He has a three-part objective to steal, kill, and destroy. And let's get it, let's get it, let's get it right here. Temptation is always not, it's not always about a good looking man or woman. That's exactly right. Temptation is anything that's gonna knock you off course from serving God. Anything that the devil can use to ruin your integrity, he will use it. Uh, anything that the devil the devil can use to damage your witness for Christ, that's what he's gonna use. It's not always about a good looking man or woman. But the only way we can defeat the tricks of the enemy is to be led by the Spirit and stay faithful to God. In other words, don't, in other words, don't fail to be faithful. Ephesians 6 verse 11, Paul says, put on the full or the whole armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. you got to know the devil's schemes. Amen. we got, we got to walk in discipline and discernment. Then you can detect any scheme the enemy has cooked up for your life. He's cooking it. You probably can't smell it cooking, but it's cooking. But when you put on the whole armor of God, when you're led by the Spirit, then you will know when the devil is trying to lead you to destruction. Even in the worst seasons of your life, you need to walk with the integrity and righteousness of the Lord. So number one, there is trust God's faithfulness and presence. Number two, walk in discipline and discernment. Here's the last thing the text shows us. I, I mentioned it earlier. Faithfulness requires consistency. It requires consistency. When we we must be faithful to God at all times, y'all. Not when it's convenient. Not when it's trending. Not when we're at the high points of our lives. It's easy to serve God when it's going good. It's easy to be faithful when it's going good. But it's got to be consistent, y'all. Serve God when you're on the mountaintop. You got you to be faithful on the mountaintop. You got to be faithful down in the valley. Huh? Faith, faithfulness is not a one-time experience, but it's a journey. Even though, even though Joseph was rejected, he's betrayed, he's abandoned by his own family, he's... he's, he's, he's uh, if you, if you want to put it this way, he's betrayed or rejected by his employer, uh, who uh, are the, the Egyptians here, but he continued to trust God, even, watch this, even when things got worse. He goes from the palace to the prison. But the text indicated that he still trusts God simply because he walked in discipline. He could have easily given up, he could have easily abandoned God, but he stayed faithful to God. Uh, the enemy wants us to struggle with doubt. He wants us to struggle with yes. defeat. He yes. wants us to feel like God is not there. Yes. But we got to be consistent with our faithfulness yes. towards God. 
The Bible says, while Joseph was there in prison, verse 20 then 21, even in prison, the Lord was with him. I'm trying to tell you this morning, God is still with you. May not, it may not look good on the outside, but God is still with you. Verse 21, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison that he made responsible for all that he that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care. Simply because, verse 23, the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. Y'all hear me all right? Yeah. I'm kind of all over this microphone today. Faithfulness simply means we are loyal to God. We serve Him with our whole heart. It also means we trust God's heart. We trust God's character. We trust God with our lives. Amen. Amen. What happens when you're doing everything right, you're still going through tragedy and suffering, but you're still able to trust God. Uh, don't give up on God simply because life may not make sense. God is faithful. God is good. God is for you. God is not against you. He's going to bring restoration. Restoration. He's going to deliver you from what you're going through. You just got to have faith. The kids sing that song, Hang On In There. I like the rap part. They say, I'm going to do what my pastor said. Hang on in there. But here's what I like about uh, Joseph. It doesn't, it doesn't appear he's, he's complaining at all. I'm sure he's concerned about his life, as we all would be. His life could have been taken out of the incident with the uh, part of his wife. But the point is, we must, be, we must be faithful at all times. Don't see no evidence of him cussing and fussing. He didn't pull out his block and shoot anybody. He didn't shoot the place up. He didn't call in any, any bomb threats, anything like that. Don't see any picket signs in the tape. He's outside protesting. He's simply letting God do his work. And when we let God do his work, God will keep on doing what he does best. And that's fixing our situation. We, we, we got to be faithful to God, and we got to let God do his thing. I, I know that's not good English, but it's good enough today. We got to let God do his thing. We got to be faithful. And if we had this, it's not even those. We got to be obedient to God. We got faithfulness is Part of obedience is part of being faithful to God. Uh, obedience is not uh, optional. Let me say that it's not optional. We gotta be. We gotta attach it to our faithfulness. Let God do His supernatural thing in your situation. I, I'm gonna guarantee you, God will deliver you from whatever it is that you're going through. That's the whole point. Of it. I can't afford to be. Uh, I can't afford a letdown in my faithfulness because I want to see God at work in my life and through my life. So in the meantime, in between time, just keep on serving God. Are you hearing me today? Keep on serving God. Joseph, he's been lied on. Things got worse. He goes from the palace to the prison, but he kept on serving the Lord. Do I have any witnesses in the house today? Maybe you've been there at some point. You've been at rock bottom, but you stayed faithful to God. Maybe you've been, you had your back against the wall, but you stayed faithful to God. When you stay faithful to God, you trust that it's going to work out. Uh, David says in Psalm 27, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He goes on to say, 
Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. David says he would have fainted unless he didn't have, if he didn't have confidence in God, he would have fainted. But he knew just in the nick of time, God was going to come through. That, that's what we got to be this morning. We got to be consistent in our faithfulness. No matter where, no matter what, no matter who, stay faithful to God. Amen. And so I said all that to say, Joseph, he looks like he's in a rough place. He's in a rough place. And maybe you're there today. This is not what you asked for. But I want to encourage you today to keep your faith in God. Yeah. Uh, sometimes things go wrong. But don't give up on God. The old song says don't give up on God and he won't give up on you. So I want you to take it home with you today. Trust God's faithfulness. Walk in discipline and discernment. And I promise you faithfulness to God will always win. That's it, That's it right there. Faithfulness to God will always win. Amen. Your hardships, your struggles, whatever you're facing, God, he will deliver. He will come through in the nick of time. You just need to trust him. Amen. You just need to trust him. Amen. I want you to keep on walking by faith. Keep on keeping on. As the children say, hang on in there. Hang on in there. Stay faithful to God. And he shall be faithful to you. Amen. Amen. Come on, give God praise. If you will stand to your feet, if you will stand to your feet. This is not a moment of power. It's a moment of power with Pastor Johnny Henderson being brought to you by the Little Zion Missionary Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. Connect with them by visiting their website lzmbc.net Pastor Henderson, Lady Henderson and the Little Zion family want to thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you will not miss a moment of power.